Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network, uh, our Radio program helps you get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. And there's a lot on the on the docket today. Yeah, there is. We uh we've had a good week in terms of medical news. Although, yeah. I don't know about you, I've been freaking about freaking out about Ukraine. Um, yes. And if you look at the the disaster that's unfolding there, it is a medical one in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the trauma. Uh, from the destruction of human beings, but also uh, they're losing hospitals. They're losing direct access to medical care. And in some cities, they have no water, no electricity, no hygiene, hygienic uh, infrastructure. And this is a huge disaster. Not only that, uh, the refugees who have managed to make it to Poland and uh, other places out of Ukraine right. um, are facing also uh, disaster in the sense of how can Poland, for example, be expected to suddenly uh, absorb three million people? Right. And if you think about that, um, that's half the population of New York City. Um, that's probably 20 hospitals that serve that number of people. You're talking about, uh, and what I've seen, uh, kids. Uh, type 1 diabetics having to rush out of their homes mm-hmm. without insulin. So this is a huge disaster. And I encourage everybody who's listening, um, if you have the spare change, um, there are many, many websites right. uh, that where you can donate. And I, I, can, I can tell you right now, I don't think you're going to be ripped off. If you can give $10, $20, we'll get some insulin, we'll get antibiotics, we'll get... Uh, all sorts of medicines into not only Poland, where the refugees are, but some heroic individuals are uh, risking their lives and transporting uh, all sorts of medical supplies and medicines into Ukraine. I would suggest Samaritan's Purse. Yeah. The the folks that are the Excellent. Billy Graham Foundation, uh, Franklin Graham's organization. organization. Samaritan's Purse is already set up. A mobile hospital Great. At, at the edge of Poland and Ukraine, yeah, well, at the border. Um, pray for Ukraine. Um, I, I think we're in a situation where we have uh, a leader of a country that has nuclear weapons who I don't think he's crazy. I mm-hmm. think that he's evil. And I think that Putin believes that the reestablishment of the Russian Empire, a.k.a. the Soviet Union— is um, not only in the best interests of Russia, but his own personal best interest. And I think when you have a world leader who is that evil and mm-hmm. doesn't really care that people are dying because they're not Russians. And I think this is harking back to the 1930s and 40s. And I thought that we you know, solved this problem with the end of the Co- World War II and then the end of the Cold War. We obviously haven't. No. So um, people ask me, 
you know, don't you think we should intervene? And I'm sorry to say, uh, no, because mm-hmm. I think Putin is evil enough to think that he would drop a nuclear weapon on the United States and we would not respond. Um, mm. And, you know, that'd be the end of the world as we know it. So right. let's pray that this ends and let's uh, pray that we can get the supplies, the food, the medicine, the shelter, uh, the energy to these suffering people in Ukraine. Big Pharma is not leaving yeah. Russia. Um, hot bath burns as many calories as walking 30 minutes. Science has demonstrated that. Yeah. Do and you believe it? it? Well, we've talked about it before in Sweden. Remember? Uh, what do the Swedes like to do? Sauna. Sven. Yeah. Time to go in the sauna. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen... Am I going to get in trouble for no, that? If you ever... You probably will. Yeah. We'll, we'll give, Don't uh, make fun of the Swedes. The, I'm Norwegian, which okay. is very close to being Very Swedish. close. You're almost Swedish. Um, if you've ever seen Frozen, the first movie... I did not. There is a character in there who is just so funny. And and it, let me just tell you, you nailed it with the, with the accent. So... They like a sauna. We'd love a hot bath. Does it really yeah, burn sure. as Absolutely. many calories? Right, what is exercise? Partly um, exercises the muscles. Um, and what does that do? It burns uh, energy mm-hmm. in order to make the muscles contract. But a very large part of um, exercise is the dilatation, the getting bigger, if you will, of the arteries um, to in, in order to supply more blood. So yeah. when the arteries dilate, the blood flow increases. And when that happens, the cardiac status goes into overdrive in order for the left ventricle and the right ventricle to pump more blood. Now, okay. isn't that interesting? Because that's the goal of aerobic exercise, to get the heart beating faster to get the cardiac output, which is the amount of blood pumped out. Uh, it's usually five liters per minute, mm-hmm. about a gallon and so a minute. Well, when you run and exercise, you get it up to 10, 11 gallons per minute circulating through your body. And that is a good thing. Number one, the more blood you have flowing, the more oxygen you have delivering, uh, you have delivered to the muscles. And also, the more you exercise your heart, when the arteries dilate and the blood flows, it's been shown there's less cholesterol deposition because sluggish blood, mm-hmm. there's more cholesterol that is sitting there and absorbed into your arteries. So what happens when you get in the tub? The arteries dilate. Why do they dilate? Because you have to cool down and the little arterioles dilate to get the blood to the skin to lose as much heat as you possibly can. The heart rate goes up. So imagine you're sitting in a tub for 30 minutes. Your heart rate's going to go up, maybe to 90, maybe not quite to the exercise level. Okay. Your arteries are going to dilate, and it really does do good. They they studied this in Sweden with a slightly different way. They got into a sauna. That's a very big thing in Sweden is sitting in the sauna. I don't think it's very healthy to go out and roll into snow, but they do that too right afterwards. And so they studied. How healthy are these people who sonivate? <laughs> is, that that. The, is that the no, word? I just made it up. Okay. I just made it up as we were going. Sonivate. And they're pretty healthy. Their cardiovascular status, as measured by stress testing, yeah. 
you know, their their ability to um, use oxygen in the right way and their bloodstream and their cardiac status is as good as those who do moderate, you know, exercise, jogging or running. So, you know, um, a hot bath can't hurt you as long as you get the right temperature. You don't want to scald yourself. Okay? Right. Oh, sure. But what we know now is uh, soaking in a hot tub in your house yeah. is very good for you. And the other thing that it's good for is getting you ready for sleep. Um, I, I recommend um, people who have trouble sleeping to take a hot bath. Yeah. And it sort of unwinds you. And so now we know uh, it not only unwinds you, but it improves your cardiac health. So, hey, hot bath time. Good. Where is Anthony Fauci? Where has he gone? Where's Waldo? He's He's disappeared. Well, and I think it's a political move. I mean, he got to the point where he was so overexposed. Yeah. And he couldn't keep track of what he said one day to the next. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And I think the biggest thing that he didn't do was admit when he was wrong. And I think that allowed uh, his enemies, mm-hmm. so to speak, uh, to use his own words against him. Right. And even when that happened, uh, he would fight back. So you remember, did you watch the congressional... Um, uh, interrogations of Fauci. I've seen it, yes. Yeah, and so Rand Paul, who is very articulate, mm-hmm. would address multiple problems that, that Fauci had been behind. Right. And instead of his responding to the individual assertions from Rand Paul, he would just fight back in terms of saying, hey, you know, you're attacking me, I right. am science. Right. Um, you know, for example, way back in the beginning of this, in February of 2020, in March of 2020, when people were really questioning the origin of the virus, whether yep. it came from the wet markets or whether it came from the lab. And he, and uh, I'm talking about Fauci and a, a group of his scientists, uh, were very uh, worried that there would be political ramifications against China. And so, you know, there were emails saying we've got to, we got to squash this uh, um, China lab uh, theory. Mm-hmm. And there were very many prominent scientists. And in the emails, Fauci said, these are fringe scientists. So I never forget Rand Paul saying, fringe? So you're saying scientists from Harvard, MIT, yeah. and Stanford, who are the um, people who were questioning, not, not saying they knew for sure. Right. And what did Fauci do? You're attacking me. You're attacking science. And you're making it dangerous. There was a guy who said he wanted to kill me, and it's all your fault. That's called a non-denial denial. Mm -hmm. Not addressing the actual question. It's just fighting back with nonsense. So, I mean, the bottom line is, uh, I think the Biden administration um, sort of told him, hey, we're going to retire you from the big screen. No, the little screen. Actually, You have an 80 inch, right? I got it. So you got a big screen. I got a really big TV. Yeah. I only have a 70 inch. Your TV's bigger than mine. Yeah. Well, but I think now um, it's interesting. (laughs) He's on local radio shows. Is he? Yeah. That's the only thing that he's been on. So, ladies and gentlemen of our listening audience, we are going to find his, uh, what do they call publicist? Sure. And invite him on the show. Yeah. We'll get. If he comes, um, we'll warn you ahead of time. But we will not do gotcha radio. We will not attack him. What we will do is ask him very uh, nicely uh, questions that we expect him to answer. And hopefully, since I'm not Rand Paul, 
uh, he'll try to address them. Uh, <laughs> Good instead luck. Instead of saying that I'm attacking him, because I won't be attacking him. No. Um, if you look back at his career, he's had a very distinguished career. Mm. And I think, I think he was doing some good um, for the first few months. Uh, but then it just went crazy. And okay. it, it went non-scientific. I will make the offer to his people. Yeah. My people will call his people. We'll try to get him on the radio show. He's got to come on live. We're not doing a pre-recorded. We got to be well, I, okay. here. I would be willing to do a pre-recorded. No, we got to have got to. Uh, well, it, it, I mean, he's going to call in. We have a controversy. The guy can work on a Saturday. He's the highest-paid individual in the United States government. I think he'd government. come on if Good. he knew it was pre-recorded. All right. This, uh, by the way, you can call, call and be a part of the show, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. Big Pharma not leaving Russia. The recipient of the pig heart has died. As expected, really, it was an experiment. Uh, I thought he would live. You thought he'd live? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the discussion of that coming up. Also, Dr. Weefald had two good stories about COVID and heart patients in his office. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation right here. Think you need a new roof? Think again. RoofMax, a quick, natural, and affordable alternative to an expensive roof replacement. Here's owner Robbie Fulford. We'll go up and do the maintenance on your roof. We'll replace old shingles, caulking, flashing. We'll get it back into good shape, and then we spray that soy-based product to rejuvenate it and put the essential oils to seal the tabs and extend the life on your roof. Go online to GetRoofMAXX.com. That's GetRoofMAXX.com and set up your free estimate today. Don't replace place rejuvenate with roof max the number one killer in the u.s is heart disease and lung cancer is the number one cancer killer in america if you knew you had one of these diseases and could do something about it wouldn't you take a moment to think about what your family would lose if you weren't around we've been conditioned to think that we must wait until we show symptoms when in fact the best time to look for heart disease or lung cancer or any other chronic disease is when you feel great the best way to discover where your health stands is to schedule a couple's heart and lung scan from craft body scan for only 149 dollars it includes a consultation with a knowledgeable Craft Body Scan team member who will go over all of their services, heart and lung scans, full body scans, virtual colonoscopy, bone density, and so much more. They'll also take the time to learn about what your needs are to match you with the plan. They'll show you a sample report so you know what to expect after their team of board-certified radiologists compiles your results. Book an appointment today. Call 919-794-8888 or book an appointment at craftbodyscan.com. Did you know we can service your home and your business? Hi, this is Holly from Making Your Home Great and Head of Operations at RoofWorks. A roof leak at your business can cost you downtime and money. We offer top-rated commercial roof maintenance and repair services. RoofWorks also offers commercial roof replacements, coatings, gutters, inspections, maintenance plans, skylights, and more. So give RoofWorks a call today. We don't want to be the biggest. We just want to be the best. That's RoofWorks.com. This is Heart Health Radio. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at hearthealthradio.com. Have we, have we thought of somebody to shame? Uh, yeah, I don't I'm going to say Big Pharma. Yeah. Big well, Pharma okay, is not leaving. On this. Okay. Is not leaving Russia. Yeah, we're going to disagree on okay, this. Okay, go ahead. Okay, because um, 
Well, maybe big pharma leaving won't hurt the supply of medicines. Okay? Right. But I think that medicines should never be a weapon. Okay, never be involved in political activities. So, for example, uh, when when certain individuals in the United States government were criticizing the Chinese government for mm-hmm. over COVID, uh, one of the um, big shots in China got up and said, "Hey, uh, we're going to cut off your supply of antibiotics." Now, remember, we've done this to ourselves. We have outsourced um, the production of many medicines that are critical to the United States healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if China decided to cut off our antibiotics alone, we'd be in deep doo-doo. Right. So, again, I'm not smart enough to know that if Big Pharma left Russia, whether it would have an impact. Because the factories, I think, that are there could still operate. Right. <coughs> Unless, you know, the Ruskies wouldn't know how to run them. And I think immediately the Ruskies would step in yeah. and start operating the factories. So. Right. You may disagree with me, and I understand your disagreement, but I don't think that we should ever consider uh, medical devices like pacemakers, mm-hmm. Medtronic left, mm. um, or medicines uh, in situations like this. And what do you think? Tell I, me your opinion. I respect your opinion. I, I think that, you know, <clears throat> it's terrible that, that um, American companies continue to do business there. There was a time... When we, as Americans, cared about who we did business with. We cared about it so much that we didn't do business with, say, you know, 1939. uh, We didn't open offices in Germany. Uh, Guess what? Okay. Maybe we did. did. And get with the two companies who stayed. Okay. IBM. IBM. And General Motors. All right. And Ford. They continued to operate their factories in Nazi Germany. Okay. It's true. Yeah. You can Google it. Right. So uh, I don't think making automobile and you know repurposing those factories, which they did. Yeah. I mean Ford. Um, I'm sorry, General Motors uh, owning uh, a company, Opel. Uh, they made in, uh, uh, war materials to fight against their own sure. people. Sure. Yeah. So again, I understand. Um, McDonald's, get the heck out of there. Yeah. Get, you know? Stop. But here's the other way to look at it, okay? The Russian government is not the Russian people. Yes. And I've tried to make this point because people, you know, don't understand when I criticize. I say China. I don't mean the Chinese people. I mean the government of China. And I mean the uh, Communist Party specifically. Right. And it's the same thing with Russia. The Russian people um, deserve our love and understanding um, I think a lot of things that are going on there, are, I wouldn't call it brainwashing, but I would call it you know, fake information. I mean, you know, they said that the Ukraine was run by Nazis, yeah. neo-Nazis. I mean, how could they possibly believe that? When the president of the Ukraine is Jewish right. and his grandparents were killed in the Holocaust. He would make a terrible Nazi. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Dave, I understand. Yeah. American companies uh, should not be working with regimes such as Putin's, and it's like oil, okay? Yeah. I mean, I drive an electric car. Uh, I haven't bought gas in six months, uh, but I do know uh, what we're seeing at the pump right. is horrible. It's deadly. I've had patients that I said, you, you need to come back for a stress test next week, and their answer is, yeah. I can't afford the gas. Right, right. And I'm not allowed to give them a couple bucks. You know, if, I would lose my license for that. 
for giving them gas cards. Gas money. Yeah. Um, the medical boards across the country have said that's bribery, and that's you're bribing a patient to come see you. It's the same thing with Medicare. Okay, yeah. think about it. Yeah. <clears throat> if you are a Medicare recipient, you're only getting 80% payment on outpatient procedures. You are. Well, I'm I, saying you're only getting a benefit. So if okay. it's a hundred dollar procedure, yeah. Medicare is only going to pay eighty bucks. Now, okay. if you don't have a supplement, then you got to come up with the twenty bucks. Understand? If I let that go and did not try to collect that twenty dollars, right? I'm committing a felony, hmm. a crime, a federal crime, because that is bribery. You're saying I'll give you a discount to come see me, whereas you would not have a discount. At the practice across the street, we so we, we can't. Need, I can't even give them two dollars extra for gas, we need so they to can come this. and get their, you know, their uh, their health care. Understand? We need to change some of these things. Yeah, really do. All right, the recipient of the pig heart has died. Yeah, it's sad. David Bennett. Yeah. So, <clears throat> if you don't remember, they <clears throat> tried to give a baboon heart. To Baby Faye. You remember that? I do. That was, gosh, 30 years ago. And they basically just took the baboon heart and put it in the baby. And they were hoping that because the immune system in Baby Faye was so uh, new, that it would train itself to recognize the heart as a normal thing. It didn't. Can we put put that conversation on hold? Keep that thought. Because Phil is in Raleigh and you know, we have a sort of weird system here that nobody else has in talk radio. If somebody calls, we just take the call. Absolutely. Phil in Raleigh, welcome to the program. How you doing? Uh, Doing okay. Talk to us. What's going on? Um, I've got some news uh, that I wanted to share with the doctor yes. and uh, get his feedback. Uh, I'm on several drugs because I had open-heart surgery and I had a stroke, and um, I decided to take a look at the manufacturer of the drugs that I'm on. Sure. So I found out that two of the drugs that I'm on are manufactured in India, and wow. one of them is manufactured in Israel. So um, I also found out doing a little exploration, that they are or have been charged by the federal government, Department of Justice, with fixing prices, rig bids, and allocate customers for generic drugs. Hmm. I'd like to share with you a website. It's um, justice.gov slash OPA slash PR slash 7th generic generic drug manufacturer charged ongoing criminal antitrust investigation. Right. Um, That'll give you some idea as to how important it is for all of us to pay attention to the things that happen to us um, due to medical issues. Um, The other thing... uh, that's a, a little bit of bad news. A little bit of good news is uh, because the doctor has uh, ancestors of Chinese uh, descent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How does he feel about like um, doing the Chinese exercises, Qigong, um, Tai Chi, um, and yeah. yoga? I'm gonna I'm gonna get his 
yeah. thoughts if he can give them in about 45 seconds. If you can't, we'll hold him over. I'll do 45 seconds. Cool. Let, let me answer the second one first because it's more simple to answer. Yes, my mom came from China. I am all-American. I'm American as chop suey. And what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually developed in America. Um, hot dogs and apple pie. Now, Tai Chi uh, is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. It is actually a martial art. And it, what they do is sort of a calm down boxing. So you know how people go and exercise doing the boxing training? Yeah. The Tai Chi is the same thing. All right. And so it's excellent. Um, and I would highly recommend it. I don't know about the ones you talked about, but if they're like Tai Chi and similar, wonderful. Phil, I got to go. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. This is Heart Health Radio. Uh, I didn't connect with Rose Hoban to ask her to be on the show, so she might have forgotten. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. So you were on the subject of... yeah. Phil's question. Phil's question was about the generics and where they come from. Right. And the price fixing. And that he's right on the money. Um, the generic drug companies that are overseas, and even some in the United States, have tried to do some price fixing. And the reason is generic drugs are fairly inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let me give you an example. Uh, levothyroxine, very important medication for those people whose thyroid uh, gland doesn't work very well. And the problem that you have is that the pharmacies, especially some of the mom and pops who have to purchase their own medications mm-hmm. from these companies, will switch from one month to the next, depending upon the price that they get. Yeah. And so what some of the drug companies have tried to do was say, look, we're not going to charge less than this floor price. And they got caught. Um there's one Israeli company, Teva, T-E-V-A. Is mm-hmm. a, you know, they make wonderful drugs. Um, and I think you know these companies, and I'm not saying Teva in particular because I don't want to be sued by them, but they are trying to capture market share, and it's being done in a bad way. Now, there are some bad generic drug companies, mm-hmm. and most of them come from the Far East. And I've had some people on levothyroxine and doing well with one manufacturer. And then they come in and their thyroid's all messed up a couple right. months later. And right. I ask them specifically, did the color of your pills change? And they say yes. And that indicates a different manufacturer. Yeah. So one of the things that you need to understand about these generic drugs and where they come from is that if you have, for example, levothyroxine or Synthroid coming to you, and it's been a certain color, and it's been from um, the same pharmacy, you can adjust the dose based on the lab findings of how well the medicine's working. But as soon as they switch to a different company, you got to start over again. Yeah. Uh, Because uh, the FDA requires only 70% of the pill to be equivalent to the brand name. It's ridiculous. So Synthroid is a brand. It's been around for a long time. And you can guarantee that if you get the the Synthroid brand, you're getting the same medicine you got last month. Sure. But what people need to do 
if they're on generics and if they're doing well, and that's fine, is insist that they don't change manufacturers. Right. And the problem in going to certain pharmacies is that they will change frequently because, you know, they might get two cents a pill from one manufacturer and one cent a pill from another manufacturer. So it's important. And I'm glad that the uh, federal government is cracking down on on a lot of this uh, price fixing um, because it hurts us. It hurts the consumers who are going to have to pay more because uh, they cut out competition. All right. We stopped talking about the fellow who got the pig heart. Yeah. So David Bennett. Now, let me tell you, the baby face story was not surprising Mm -hmm. because they had a, uh, a big hill to climb in terms of rejection. Rejection is the same thing as vaccination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your immune system doesn't want foreign material running around your body because sure. it's, it's assumed it's a, a bacteria or a virus. So when you put somebody else's tissue in you, or even more so, some other creature's yeah. tissue in you, your body is rightly going to reject it. So what the uh, manufacturer of the pig hearts did was try to find a certain number of human proteins that they could stick on the outside of the heart cell and suppress the immune system and try to make the transplant recipient's immune system think Mm -hmm. that it was okay to have this in the body. Now, here's the problem. The guy lived a couple weeks, and and it was done at the University of Maryland. And when I was at Johns Hopkins, we had a lot of cooperation with the University of Maryland Medical Center. They're great people, great physicians great scientist. Well, here's the deal is that um, he was doing well for a couple of weeks, but right. they're not saying why he died. Okay. And it would be very important to know right. in terms of what's going to happen in the future, if we knew that it was a rejection or was it pump failure for some reason. Right. And I'd hate to think <clears throat> it's a company that is developing the pig heart and that is okay with me. Yeah. Some of the greatest, in fact, most of the greatest um, advances in medicine come from private companies. Now, they are standing on the shoulders of giants, i.e. the federal government, because they, the federal government basically uh, supplies most of the money, if not all the money, for the basic research mm-hmm. that is done in universities to find out um, how to advance to the clinical application, which would be sticking a pig heart into a human. Sure. But I'm worried that the reason why they're not saying anything about it scientifically is, and again, don't quote me, or you can quote me that I don't know this is true, but I'm hoping that it's not the company saying you can't tell anybody because it will affect our bottom line. So let's hope that's not the case. Um, We'll find out um, later. Hopefully they'll publish this whole, you know, adventure. Yeah. in a scientific journal so we can see what really happened. There was a, a patient who received a heart and thymus yeah, baby. transplant. Yeah. I have no earthly idea what a thymus okay. is, but it turns out it's kind of important. Okay, so remember T-cells? Yeah, sure. Why are they called T? Uh, because they're killers. Th- 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 thymus. Thymus. Oh, thymus. Yeah, so the thymus is an organ. I love that guy in the morning. He yeah. was a little edgy. Thymus in the morning. Thymus in the morning. Well, thymus, the thymus gland sits under your breastbone. Okay. And for most people, it basically disappears over time. The thymus in kids is there to help educate the T-cells. 
Um, you know what B cells are? You know, B cells make the antibodies. T cells make the killers. Okay. okay. These little white cells that run around your body and destroy invaders. Okay. Okay. So you know why they call them B cells? Mm. People used to think from the bone marrow. And I used to think that. But the reason why they're called B cells is that they were originally harvested from a chicken. Mm. And they have an organ called the bursa. They do? Yeah, you know where it is? No. Where the sun don't shine. Really? Yeah. So, a little education. Sure, not that it's going to help you, but sure. B cells come from a bursa on a chicken's butt. Yeah. And the thymus cells uh, were thought to be the only place originally where the T cells were developed. So, what do you do? What they thought about was transplanting the heart from one baby that unfortunately had brain death hmm. into another baby who had, say, a congenital heart defect that yeah. couldn't you know, could not be fixed. Okay. And when I was at Johns Hopkins, a surgeon named Bruce Wrights, uh, who went to Stanford, trained at Stanford, came to Hopkins, went back to Stanford. And his big spiel was, uh, as a transplant surgeon, which he was, yeah. well, instead of doing these very complex and difficult corrective surgeries for congenital heart disease, I don't know if you heard Tetralogy of Fallot or Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, these are really difficult um, uh, congenital defects to survive. Yeah. So they said, let's tr- let's transplant a perfectly normal heart instead of one that has a congenital defect that leads to death in many cases. But the problem was rejection. And so, you know, putting babies on high-dose anti-rejection or immunosuppressive was a difficult thing as well. Well, they thought, listen, the thymus educates T-cells. Why don't we take the heart donor's heart and at the same time the thymus and implant both of them at the same time and try to re-educate T-cells so your baby recipient's T-cells would travel through the thymus of the donor and sort of be trained to say, hey, the donor's cool. And so they're doing this and there's uh, certain patients who are doing very well and so we're hoping that this works and you know, I'm I'm just excited, right? As I'll get out, and her name is Ivy Cinnamon, not the cinnamon. Well, it's spelled S I N N A M O N, and that her brother who got it was named Easton Cinnamon, and let's hope that they do well. I'm praying. It's it's just fantastic. Wow, it's funny that I actually oh, understood and by the way, that uh, yeah. Duke University. Duke University. Our hometown. Well, yeah. Duke Durham's hometown. Yeah. And where I trained and got the skills that I have in cardiology. So, yo, go Duke. And are they playing today? I don't the know. The basketball team? I don't uh, know. No, no. They're in the championship. Okay. I think they're in the championship. Go Duke. All right. Um, the um, the other thing I, I, I want to note is that I went to the doctor and Typically, they do, they do this. They check my weight on the of way course. in. Of course. They've done this forever. I actually have a doctor who has one of those scales where you move the, the lead you know weights. What? That's, yeah? that's actually very accurate. Oh, it's a very accurate very scale. Accurate. Here's my thing. There's an article that says maybe maybe doctors don't need to do that. Well, and, and you know, I understand where it comes from. A lot of people uh, don't want their weight. I have people who object and i don't make them weigh themselves really yeah and i'm not going to be sexist uh it is both men and women Mm -hmm. i have an obesity practice that's looked down upon 
I had to, my uh, insurance company, my malpractice insurance company, has a separate thing. Do you treat obesity? And, you know, uh, that that puts your premiums higher. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> but anyway, um, people yeah. who suffer from obesity yeah. um, are sometimes, you know, there's fat shaming. And so they're afraid the doctors go, you gained three pounds, person, you know. Yeah. And I don't say that. Uh, and, you know, look at the example, heart failure. It's really critical to know someone's weight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I have patients call me every day with their weight. And, you know, it takes 15 seconds. <laughs> you, Mrs. So-and-so, what's your husband's weight? 222. That's good. Okay, no diuretics today. Right, no water right. pill. See, he, here's the thing. What you're talking about for heart disease yeah, it's is that when it's you accumulate fluid. extra fluid. Your weight goes up. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing. Oh, we got a caller. Johnny Hillsborough is going to join us right now. Hi, John. What's going on? Oh, just doing my regular stuff. Yeah. I do enjoy the podcast. I, I was doing some uh, home improvement, taking out toilet. Pulled yeah. up the podcast list about three old episodes. So I enjoy listening to all the content I can get, Doc. Thank you. Are you? Are you? Do you go to uh, the local uh, outlet for it, or do you go to Apple or Spotify? Uh, I forgot. It just, I, it was on my Apple iPhone when I just typed in heart. Good. Oh, good. I went to the website. I went to your website to get to that. Yeah, you can do either one. Very yeah. good. You have a question All for right. the doctor. Yeah, it, 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 it's going to lead to enlarged heart. So, uh, back in 07, I had kind of an episode, nothing serious, but you know, they did the workup. They put me on a statin drug. Uh, I was probably 200 and no, 330 pounds at that time. Uh-huh. Right. And my weight got up to 450. So in 2016, I had bariatric surgery. Great. I was diabolic syndrome, all that stuff. Lost 150 pounds. I put 50 pounds back on. I'm happy at 300 right now. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I had to work up. That like that back in 07. And I'm yeah. still taking baby after one if I can drop it. But yeah. I'll have a talk sometime with a doctor about it. Um, so... Diagnosed enlarged heart, and since then I had another workup from the doctor, and he said I couldn't say he found enlarged heart. You couldn't so what? My heart rate. Now maybe it's some of the medications I'm on for other things. Yeah. Huh? No, go ahead, John. Okay. Um. Okay. Some of the medications I'm on give me a low heart rate. Okay. Yeah. Resting heart rate is about forty-eight Ooh. a minute. Okay. And now I do. I'm three hundred pounds. I'm. I was pre-diabetic. All that's gone, but my blood pressure has returned since I lost down to two fifty, back to three hundred. So I'm on several drugs for that. Um, what's the chances you can get rid of enlarged heart? Is that something that really does stay with you all your life? Well, yeah, and, and you said an enlarged heart. Am I hearing you right? Yeah, yeah, enlarged heart. Okay, so does that the enlarged heart can mean two things? Number one, it can mean that your heart muscle diameter that is to say the distance between one wall and the next is big so that can be an enlarged heart Mm -hmm. but a lot of times when they talk about an enlarged heart they're talking about the thickness of the ventricle the wall itself do you know whether you have a uh, heart that's got a big diameter or you have a heart that's got a thick wall uh I would almost say both. I mean, I'm laying there doing the scan and do you have yeah have they told you have heart failure no, no. Okay, no, good. Never had yeah. any episodes like that. Okay, it's let me ask you another question. Start. Are you on a beta blocker, a metoprolol, a tenolol? I'm uh, on uh, Ibisartan right now. Okay. Uh, 
but nothing to nothing, no medication like a beta blocker that would lower your heart rate. Not that I know of, okay. but I, I forget which, you know, the channel blockers and all that, I forget which ones are which. Okay, yeah. Well, um, let me ask you a question. Before you lost all this weight, did you have sleep apnea? I did. Uh-huh. And how about now? Uh, it was very well controlled, and through the process, I got a, a, a machine, the CPAP, which okay. I was uncontrollable, probably deserved a BiPAP then. Yeah. But I took to it very quickly. I slowly hydrated it down. And, you know, now my wife wakes me up because of her snoring, but she put up my snoring for years. Good. So I don't snore. Well, you, sh- you, you sure sound energetic. <laughs> 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 um, I, you know, I can't tell you why your heart rate's low. Um, I don't know if you've had routine blood tests. The, the cause of a, a low heart rate can be a cup, it be many things. Thyroid dysfunction. So if your thyroid, we talked about this earlier, if it's too uh, weak, you can have a low heart rate. If you're on a beta blocker or a similar medication that prevents adrenaline from activating the heart and lowering blood pressure, and also it can lower heart rate. Um, obstructive sleep apnea, where you can't breathe at night. The air doesn't get through the muscles and the fat layers in the throat. Believe it or not, that can be a cause of bradycardia, which is the term for low heart rate. So, okay. yeah, those are the things you have to ask. Now, you said you had AFib as well? Uh, I didn't say that, but I've had, you know, they told me I had irregular heart rate. Okay. Here just to show that because of my weight, yeah. you know, that when you take an EKG, it just shows up a little bit different rhythm. Yeah. Have you ever worn a monitor for like two or three weeks? Uh, not for two or three weeks. I'll probably, you know, for a couple of days. You know, okay, days, sure. Know. Well, let me tell you what the other thing is, and it's uh, a funny thing. It's called sick sinus syndrome. And what that means is the node of tissue in the upper right chamber called the right atrium doesn't work right. Mm-hmm. And instead of responding to adrenaline and instead of beating at a regular rate, it can go either really fast, out of control, and it can stop allowing a fib to occur or it can go too slowly. So if I had a patient like you, one of the things that I would do is put a monitor on for two weeks. And the reason yeah. is to see, well, is it slow all the time? Mm-hmm. Is it fast and slow? Uh, are there pauses where the heart um, electricity is not coming out at all? And so, you know, what we talked about for your heart rate would be a medicine like a beta blocker or certain types of calcium channel blockers like verapamil, not amlodipine. They work differently, even though they're grouped as calcium channel blockers. And then a low thyroid, um, obstructive sleep apnea, or something we call sick sinus syndrome, which you diagnose with a monitor. But it has to be more than 48 hours. You know why? Hmm. You might not have it. I mean, how many times you bring no, your car? I, how many times um, you... I'm sorry? Just as you mentioned, I, mean, I feel like my PPH and some of those numbers are kind of not normal. I don't uh-huh. know how much that's got to do with what you're sure. talking about there. So the TSH is a lab value from the blood that tells us whether your thyroid is too much or too little or just right. Right. Yeah. So or those are things to think about. It's a little bit high, I think. Yeah. But it's right. not abnormally, but it's enough that, hey, this is out of line. Yeah. Let me jump in and just say that John's got to find out whether he's on a beta blocker. Yeah. He's got to bring those medicines yeah. in and ask the doctor, is it a beta blocker and can I get monitor yeah. for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And also ask if you're on diltiazem or verapamil. All right, John. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank God bless. You. you have a great day. Thank you. You're listening to Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know. 
We are shouting out the Polish people who are at the border putting up signs saying, I can take in a whole family of five in my house. These people are literally adopting people from the Ukraine. It's awesome. Who are, who are walking over. It, it, to me, that is the ultimate in being good neighbors. Uh, it's more than being good neighbors. It's showing, you know, the generosity of spirit that mm-hmm. is exactly the opposite of what Putin is doing. Yeah. So Putin is destroying lives and, mm-hmm. and ruining countries. And the people of Poland are saying, welcome, come into our lives. We're going to do everything we can for you. Are we taking in Ukrainian refugees? No. And this is what kills me, is that some Ukrainians have made it to Mexico, and they're arriving on the border, and they're asking for asylum. Yeah. And they're being turned down. And they have nowhere to go. And just if somebody knows the reason for this, why you can leave a uh, country in Central America Mm -hmm. and cross the river um, get a name in a registry, given a plane ticket to Palookaville, yeah, and for free, and you know, a million a year, and a Ukrainian person fleeing the Ruskies, right, is denied entrance. Uh, can somebody tell me how that makes sense? No one can tell you how that makes sense. Someone might be able to explain it, but they can't convince you it's that it's okay. Nuts, because it's, it's not. not. Is it political? I, don't I mean, know. is it because, you know, the powers that be believe that Central American uh, migrants will vote Democrat, whereas possibly the Ukrainian refugees, having been uh, in a situation like this, might vote Republican? I don't know. Please, somebody tell me. Yeah. But how can they turn a Ukrainian refugee who arrives seeking asylum sure. away and allow a million Central American refugees to just wait across the river and get a plane ticket to somewhere in the United States. I don't understand it. There's an article that says <clears throat> Americans are stressed. Stressed, I tell you. I think we're all stressed. Yes. Think what we've been through in the last two yes. years. So what do we do? We take walks. Yes. We take hot baths. But mm. what do we really take? Antidepressants. Or... Xanax. <laughs> now here's the here's the scary thing. Yeah. yeah. The red Red Cross will test uh, your blood. Yeah. For HIV, which is obvious. For hepatitis C, yeah, yeah. which is obvious. But just for the heck of it, they're testing for the presence of drugs. Fifty uh, yeah. percent. Ah. Uh. Up to fifty percent of the blood donated to the Red Cross contains Xanax. Oh, oh, okay. And you know what else they do? Yeah. They collect uh, the water from the sewage. Sure, yeah. And one of the things they're doing is they're saying, that apartment building's got COVID, (laughs) this one doesn't. Oh, my God. But they're finding a tremendous level of Prozac, uh, Mm -hmm. which is an antidepressant. And I'm going to just say Prozac in general. There are tons of antidepressants. And Xanax. Um, What does this tell you? It tells you that uh, we're suffering as a people. Now, what it also might tell you is that half the world or half the United States is on Prozac and Xanax. Right. And the other half needs to be. <laughs> could could um, be. You know, it's, it's, it's a complex life. Now, I will tell you this. Don't think that 
stress and anxiety and depression is because of modern life. Okay? Uh-huh. Let's yeah. go back 100 years. Death and destruction and smallpox yes. and murder in the Old West. Let's go back to the medieval age. Come on. I mean, the knights in shining armor could drive by and just cut your head off. Yeah. So I think the human condition uh, is about stress and depression. Uh-huh. But one of the things that stress does, it is a, a um, positive, I hate to say positive, it's a uh, survival mechanism because you're not complacent. And you decide to try to make things better. Um, you know, stress is you see a tiger coming at you and you get the heck out of the way. Yeah. yeah. So if you're stressed out there, remember, uh, there are a lot of people out there who love you. There is no reason not to reach out for help because uh, your doctors and healthcare professionals will help you. Mm-hmm. You may not get Xanax from them, but yeah. you're going to get some treatment that will help you live through this mess that right. we're in right now and get a friend somebody to talk Listen, to about what absolutely makes you upset. friends are important uh, but they got to be the right friends right? yeah if somebody's negative well don't not be just their friend. that okay? no, no, no. Um, your kids need uh to have the right friends yes right? because they'll Amen. get into drugs if they have the wrong friends all right this is heart health radio you can get better stay healthy and spot medical misinformation by listening to us Every week, another hour coming up next. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at hearthealthradio.com. In fact, hearthealthradio.com, if you're not a podcast person, you don't know how to download or sign up, you don't want to sign up for something, that is the easiest thing. Hearthealthradio.com has a permanent link to the most recent show. You push one button, and there you go. All you got to do is push the button. That's exactly it. You've got some stories about some people who had COVID and are your heart patients. Yeah. So COVID long-term effects on the heart are just being recognized. Right. So if you've had COVID, your chance of having a heart attack is increased. Oh, yeah. Years down. Well, not years. We don't know years down the line. Sure. And we think it's due to vessel inflammation and clotting. So let me tell you two stories. Uh-huh. Um, I had a woman who came to see me who had clear long COVID. She was still on oxygen. She was, you know, still fatigued um, and was having chest discomfort. It sounded just like the chest discomfort angina that you have if you've got a blocked artery. So I did a stress test and lo and behold, the entire front wall of her heart was not getting enough blood flow with exercise or stress. Yeah. And at rest, it was normal. Okay. Okay. So we did a heart catheterization on her, and lo and behold, mm-hmm. her big arteries, the ones that lie on the outside of the heart, those are the arteries that are big enough when they get cholesterol buildup to get a stent. Those were clear as a whistle. Really? Yeah. So, you know, what we did was we treated her with medicines to 
dilate arteries to try to get the small ones, the ones you can't see in a heart catheterization, yeah. that can easily get clogged. And it's not unusual. It's called microvascular angina. And so many women, especially, this is more um, frequent in women, mm-hmm. were told that it was they were crazy because their epicardial or big arteries were clean. Right. And therefore, despite the fact that you've got angina in a positive stress test, you're making it up. Uh-huh. Okay. It was called non-organic heart disease. Anyway, so I took this lady for real. It was called a false negative heart cath. In other words, somebody who didn't realize about microvascular angina might think she doesn't really have a heart problem okay. because her big arteries were okay. Yeah. Anyway, I put her on meds to you know, lessen clotting. I put her on meds to open up the artery, but I also put her on cholesterol meds. And, and somebody asked me, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. She doesn't have cholesterol buildup. What have I talked about? in terms of cholesterol medications as a secondary effect. They're anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Very big. So within three weeks, she was better. Mm-hmm. Okay. And some of my colleagues uh, who are stent people who think that, some of them think that the only artery in the heart is the big one. Um, <laughs> anyway, I restressed her after her chest pain went away. Yeah. And guess what? She good? Normal. Yeah. So I don't know of any other proof. I, I don't know what proof I need. She had a bad stress test during the long COVID uh, situation. Right. She did not have cholesterol buildup in the big arteries, so there was no stent needed. I treated her with anti-inflammatory medications, anti-clotting medications. Yeah. Oh, I put her in cardiac rehab, so she yeah. exercised. Good. And she got better. And then I did the stress test, and it was completely normal again. Right. So we did it. Now, I have a very similar story that just happened. Sure. Um, A lady had COVID, and she was only about a month after getting better. So I really can't say that it's truly long Mm -hmm. COVID. But she had the same story, positive stress test. She'd had previous bypass surgery. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, her stents were, I mean, um, her bypasses were open. um, But she had an area of the heart that was weak, whereas it hadn't been weak before. So we're going to do the same thing for her. We're going to really be aggressive in preventing clots. Yeah. We're going to put her on a very high dose of a statin. We're going to put her on t- turmeric and ginger, everything that we know yeah. to reduce inflammation. A medicine, eicosapentoic acid, which is called vesipa, that's a purified form of fish oil that reduces inflammation. And then in six months, uh, we're going to see uh, her progress in terms of her symptoms. And then we're going to restress her. Right. If I have two cases like this, we're going to send it into a, uh, a journal and, and say, hey, guys, be aware of this. It's not proof yeah. because you'd have to have a large number of patients to prove that this wasn't a fluke, so right. to say. Right. But I would tell people, we've had two of these patients, these syndromes, be on the lookout. Bolo. Have you ever heard that on, yeah. on Adam 12? Yeah. One Adam 12, one Adam 12, Bolo. You know, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout, yeah. That's great. Does does anybody know Adam-12? Did you ever watch Adam-12? I loved Adam-12, absolutely. If you loved Adam-12, give us a call. Martin Milner, Kent McCord. Absolutely. Yeah. See the man. They would say, what Adam-12? See the man. If you watch Adam-12 or Dragnet, and just just watch it, watch it with the modern 2022 lens. Yeah. Look at it and see how they treat women. They treat women like 
They're dummies. Total sexist. You know, I got that criticism on uh, Apple Podcast that I'm treating women like they're dumb. No. no. Do I do that? You do not. You don't treat anybody like they're dumb. I'm trying to be courteous. You are sweet to people. And sometimes people want very generic guy or and you're they want not somebody to yell guy. at him right uh, have you seen the doctor shows not that i've heard the doctor shows where they yell at the patient oh it's cra- and i've seen doctors who yell at their patients up to this day really yeah yeah and i think it's i don't know tough love maybe i just can't uh, do it no that's you know, not i can have tough love with my dog <laughs> i can have tough love with davy But I can't have tough love with my patients. All right. So there is a note here that says, don't get the China vaccine. Now, I read the headline and I thought, oh, my goodness, because it says Chinese COVID-19 vaccine uh, causing problems. And I thought, are they calling the the disease the Chinese COVID-19? No. It's the actual Chinese vaccination. It's a vaccination. It's called Sinovac, Sinovac, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But it's linked to leukemia. Now, again, okay, in order to really prove that something is linked to something, yeah. it requires a lot of science. It requires right. a lot. Like, for example, uh, people uh, were touting, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. touting that vaccines uh, containing Femersol, which is the... Um, which we call it the preservative. Yeah, yeah, were linked to autism, and so what they would say is that my kid was fine, got a vaccine with this uh, preservative. Yeah, and six months later, uh, was diagnosed with autism. Yeah, now, that's called post hoc propter hoc, and that is a uh, medical term uh. that says after this was done. Yes, this happened. Therefore, whatever was the first caused the second. And that's just not true. So when they did the studies, and, and they looked at it very carefully, uh, there was no association. Right. Uh, remember, people get autism without getting a vaccine. Sure. And so that's what I would say to RFK Jr. How do you explain the people who are autistic who never had a vaccine? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're out there worried about the mercury-containing vaccine. You can get a vaccine, the same kind of vaccine, that has no preservative in it. Okay. And my daughters did that, even though I tried to tell them. Uh, I, listen, I respected their opinion. Sure. Uh, I told them it didn't make a difference, but they went. And I don't know if they had to pay extra. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, my son-in-law works for Warren Buffett, so he could afford it. <laughs> but anyway, if you are thinking about not getting a vaccine because it is linked to something. Yeah. Um, ask them for the non-preservative vaccine. Right. And I don't know if RFK Jr. would say, well, it's still a vaccine. But anyway, the Sinovac, some people are getting leukemia. Unbelievable. Uh, who have gotten the Sinovac. So they're looking now to see if it's really associated. So I will say this, just like the autism thing was wrong about it being caused by vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see that, don't automatically assume it's true. What they're saying is we've seen a bunch of cases. We're worried that they're linked. Okay. So, for example, the COVID vaccine, uh, Moderna or Pfizer, mm-hmm. is linked uh, to uh, getting what we call myocarditis and pericarditis. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Uh-huh. But when you look at it in terms of a million people, 
a million people unvaccinated had, say, and I'm making up this number, seven cases spontaneously of myocarditis. And the people who got COVID had nine. So you see the risks are there, and it's true, but it's very, very rare right. in both cases. Right. So maybe uh, one extra person out of uh, a million uh, yeah. will get leukemia from the Sinovac, but I don't know. So just remember, it may not be true, but it, they are studying the link. Right. All right. We're going to talk about that. Also, AFib and sleep. I may be throwing out my... My CPAP machine. Uh-oh. I think this is a good idea. Yeah. We're going to talk about CPAP and the alternatives. Yeah. I have a choice now. That's coming up. Also, Roland from Bahama on uh, Heart Health Radio. 919-860-9783 is our number. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. And we're going to start with Roland from Bahama, North Carolina. How is you doing? A, is he a Bahama Mama? No, he's... he's... <laughs> Roland, you're from northern uh, Durham County, am I correct? Yes, sir. All right. What's going on? What's going on, Roland? Oh, nothing. I love Adam 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just wants to I, talk about Adam 12. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, look, I, I, last April, I was helping my, my nephew. Yeah. And I was uh, helping him wire his home, wire his house for him. Yeah. And I had an uh, extension ladder slide out from under me. Oh, no. Onto the concrete. I was up about 12 feet, and I broke both bones in my left leg. Wow. So, uh, I stayed laid up probably eight, nine months. Ooh. And uh, I got uh, just plumb addicted to Adam 12. Oh, uh, okay. I, what, I, what's I it on? Television what, before then. What's, what's t- what TV uh, channel is it on? Me TV. M-E. M-E TV. Is that over the air or cable? No, you can get that on cable. You can get that on, uh, 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 like, Amazon. Well, all we got is an antenna. Yeah. We and, don't have cable. And what other what shows did you watch? Just, uh, well, that and MASH. <laughs> that and MASH. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. But, uh, I, you know, I just, I don't. Go ahead. I, 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 would, I would, people would call me and ask me how I was doing. I, you know, I said, you know, I would, I started say, telling them. Look, I got sixty more episodes of Adam <laughs> That's how you counted the time. I my feet. Well, let me ask you a question. I can't. I can't I, now I'm addicted. I've seen every one of them probably three or four times. Wow. So, how are you doing with your leg? Did you get it all rehabbed, and are you up and about? Oh yes, sir. yes. Uh, Did I had you three surgeries? Yeah. Uh, finally, it dealt. Let me ask you a question. Did Did you have uh, physical therapy coming to your house? No, I, uh, you have to get on your get in the car and go to it. Yes. Yeah. I went to a, a girl uh, down at Duke called Duke Street, and she was wonderful. Yeah. Give her a plug. What was her name? Kirsten. Uh, Kristen Massey. Yeah. Let me tell you, Duke. Duke has got some awesome people, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Where did you have yeah, your surgery everybody done? Everybody was everybody was so good to me. Uh, you know, I, they they had one up. We uh, I was in we was in in the ER probably. Yeah, probably 12, 12, 13 hours. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness! And uh, before I got to have some. Well, the rooms you know, sometimes that, that the rooms morning. are filled. They gotta, they gotta put another sheet on a bed, and they gotta make room for Roland. Absolutely. I guess. Well, I, I was not in the hallway most of the time. Oh my gosh! But, <clears throat> you know that COVID and all that. Right, <laughs> Roland. Thank you very much Listen, for calling. Listen, I am so glad you're doing well, and I'm so glad that you had such a good experience with. Oh, Duke. oh yeah. Uh, I could have done without three surgeries, but you know. <laughs> wow. Well, it sounds like you're doing great. All right, Roland, uh, take care of yourself. Take care. Yep, thank you. I I disconnected. Well, that's not nice. Uh, It was my fault. James in Sanford. James, how are you? Fine. Um, Hope you are. Good, yeah. What's going on? I told you last week and told you I had all the um, scans, craft body scans. You had the, Um, yes. James, do, do you have your numbers? Yeah. All right. I James had the body scan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, now yeah, he yeah, has yeah. the results. All right. Let's hear it. Well, now I just had the heart and lung. Yeah, heart that's what lung, I wanted. Yeah. yeah. And she called me and said it was thirty three ninety seven. Thirty three ninety seven. Is that, that was the... your that was your calcium score? Yeah, that was the total score. Yeah. Now, um, the uh, right coronary artery was twenty six oh two. Two six zero two, right coronary artery. Right, and yeah. the next one was the left anterior descending. Uh-huh. Was six fourteen. Six one four. Is that what you said? Yes. All right. All right. Did you get? Did you get a um, like a paper that says the explanation of what this means? Well, um, I'm in the top 90% of the bad numbers. Right. How old are you again? 78. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting that, um, what, what do they tell you, 10%? What did they say? He, he said he's in the top 90%, which means he's really in the bottom 10% of yeah. anybody. Okay. So so what yeah, this means. Are yeah. worse than me. Yeah. All right, James, let's see. What did you just say, James? I'm sorry. Ten percent of people that would take this mm-hmm. is worse than mine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's that's all right. Yeah. All right. So so basically, all that calcium means that you've got cholesterol buildup in the arteries to your heart. Now, as we age, okay, the calcium does build up. So, for example, um, somebody who has a um, a calcium score of 10, but that person is 18 years old. That's bad. Yeah. Okay? And so um, the person who is 90, yeah. who has a calcium score on the 1,000, is good. So it's all age-related, um, and um, the... Uh, um, what you call it the the chance that something bad is going to happen to you 
is um, I'm calculating it right now. They have a really cool calculator. Okay. Uh, oh, I put in too many numbers. You know, I'm just getting too old here. All right, here we go. All right, J- James, let me ask you. How's your overall health? How you feeling? Well, not good. I'm tired and sleepy. and Tired and sleepy. Yeah. Uh, I have calcium in my yeah. uh, artery in my right leg, too, that I have to go back and get that yeah. in more detail. All right. What do you think, Got doctor? So I just did the calculation. Yeah. And it the calculator says he's 98th percentile, which means that only 2% are worse than him. Okay, so that means that you're at risk. And how do you get this fixed? Yeah. Go to a cardiologist. And, you know, your symptoms are going to be tough because sounds like you can't exercise real hard. And so, you know, what you got to do is the things to prevent a heart attack, right? And those things are, uh, and again, only yeah. if your doctor thinks this is good for you. But if someone is like you and they can tolerate these medications, I would put them on an aspirin. I know that's controversial, but it's not controversial for somebody who has a lot of calcium at this stage and is the 98th percentile for the amount of cholesterol buildup. And then uh, if it's indicated a beta blocker like metoprolol keeps the heart calm, keeps it from racing, uh, keeps it more efficient in using uh, oxygen. And then, dun, 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 hmm. a statin, my favorite medication. And it does two things. It helps to solidify and, and stabilize the cholesterol that's in your arteries. And it also reduces the amount of inflammation. And it's the inflammation where the immune cells start you know, getting too active in the cholesterol uh, blockages and it causes clotting. And so there might be other medications you need, too. Um, I had, uh, when I was uh, 56, a calcium score of 300. Mm-hmm. And that was, I was in the 92nd percentile. Whoa. Now, I, I'm doing this calculation. My calcium score is now 10. Uh, I got it in weight, and it goes, it goes down. Yeah. And I got it. And now I'm in the 35th percentile. Yeah. So the other thing that people need to know is that with aggressive treatment uh, of cholesterol buildup, the calcium score does improve. So I went from the 98th percentile uh, of, you know, I was worse than 98% of the people in terms of my risk. Yeah. And I got my LDL down from 178 yeah. to 11. Yeah. And I got rescored and it went to 10. And now I'm 35th percentile. James, are you seeing a cardiologist yet? Oh, I've been seeing one, but I can't get the appointment till April 1st. April 1st is his okay. next appointment. That's not too far away. Are you on aspirin? No, I've been on Okay. Vestra. Are you on a cholesterol pill? Right. Which one? Vestra. Say it again, James. James, what cholesterol pill? Okay, Zepro. Zepro. Well, I don't know. That's one of the Marx Brothers. Oh, Zocor. No. Maybe. That's it. That's yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Now, what I want to tell, what I want to tell the audience. Yeah. Okay. Suppose um, his his cholesterol is normal, quote unquote. Say yeah. the LDL cholesterol eighty. Mm-hmm. 
we used to think not to put an individual like that on a stat. Right. Now we know. Put him on it. Yeah. And get that cholesterol level down as low as she can go. Okay. Is cholesterol a she? I uh, No, it's male. I should have said it. Yeah. All right. James, thank you very Good much luck. for calling. Let us, let us know when you've seen the cardiologist what he or she decides to do. I think that's going to be uh, good. James, yeah. follow up with us. This is Heart Health Radio. You can call 919-860-9783 and be on the show. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. Get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation, and get a little bit of information that might help you on your next visit to your doctor. 919-860-9783. Always call between noon and 2 on a Saturday. We're on a new and two schedule for a while. Really? There's no basketball or football for a while. So oh, we're great. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of things on the radio show. If you want to, well, if you missed the show, you can sign up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just go to hearthealthradio.com. And I want you to know that hearthealthradio.com is now carbon neutral. Oh, wow. We are carbon neutral. What we're doing, we're, we're powering the entire website. Uh, by middle-aged men on stationary bikes. <laughs> so so during football on Saturdays or when there's a good basketball game on, we might go dark. But we're willing to take the chance. Yeah. You know, because we're carbon neutral. We want to be. Chris in Raleigh, thank you very much for holding on. How you doing? Good. What about you? Good. I have a question about peripheral neuropathy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think I have it. I'm 50 years old, and I've had it for a couple of years now, and I get numbness in my toes and sometimes pain. Uh-huh. Yeah. And sometimes my toes have a mind of their own. They'll start curling up and, you know, go in all kinds of different directions. Uh-huh. Um, who's the best person to see for that? Would it be a podiatrist or a neurologist? Or- yeah. Let, let, let me just say, uh, neuropathy, okay, that's when you get phantom signals mm-hmm. from the nerves in the periphery. So it could be in the fingers, but it's more likely to be in the legs below the knees. Mm-hmm. And it is associated with diabetes most frequently, okay? So the diabetics, it's thought that the high levels of sugar... Um, damage the nerve endings yeah. and cause there to be numbness, pain, um, tingling, right. weird feelings. Um, then there are other conditions, uh, autoimmune diseases where your body attacks the nerves through the uh, bloodstream. So do you have do you have sugar? Do you have diabetes? No, I don't. Um, my last reading was about a year ago, and my A1C was high normal, and yeah. my doctor told me to lose a little bit of weight and watch what I eat. So yeah. I went back and it was in the normal. Great. High Good normal job. Range, but yeah. Well, any predisposing illnesses? So you can also get a neuropathy if you have back pain from, say, a pinched nerve. So the disc or arthritis pinching on the nerve coming out of the spine, and then the distal part can go bad. But it's always important to distinguish 
a neuropathy from, say, a vascular problem. So if you have blockages in the arteries of your legs, it could be that that's the reason why you're having it. There's something called Raynaud's phenomenon. Raynaud was a French physician, and he first recognized that in response to cold or other stimuli, the vessels, the blood vessels, the arteries in the distal parts, so the toes and the feet, can spasm, and that can lead to the same thing. But if the question is, how do you diagnose a neuropathy, that it really is a neuropathy? Yeah. You go to a physician who can do what's called an E, as in Edward, M as in Mary, G as in G, dash, N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie, V as in Victor, an EMG, MCV. And that's an electromyogram, so it tells how the muscles work in response to nerves. Okay, so nerve conduction velocities and electromyograms. And if it's abnormal, they'll be able to tell which nerves. And the way it works is it's kind of like, you know, uh, death by a thousand cuts. You know, I'm kidding. They put little teeny, weeny, sharpie needles into the nerve and they measure electrical conduction of the nerves. It's a fantastic test. And that'll tell you if it's a neuropathy. If it's not a neuropathy, then you got to get worked up and find out what really is causing it. But it's hard sometimes to get into a neurologist, okay? Mm-hmm. There aren't that many neurologists in this area. And to get into a neurologist, you need a consultation request. So most of, like Raleigh Neurology, great group, but they require a physician's office to contact them and ask for a referral. Right. So the first doctor I would recommend you go see is a primary care physician, and tell them your symptoms, and and you know you can say, hey, I want to get an EMG and CV and see if I've got a neuropathy, and that I'm sure that he or she would send you. But let me warn okay. you, it takes six to eight weeks to get a neurology office. I, I may okay. be wrong, but that's what it's been taking yeah. me yeah. to get my patients in. Okay, um, a couple of other questions. Sure. Um, my, I did mention it to my primary care, and yeah. he didn't seem to think it was a big deal. You know, he he said the only time to get really concerned about it would be if I had poor circulation. So he kind of just um, felt my arteries and my ankles and said I had pretty good circulation. Oh, so he put the blood pressure cuffs on the ankles and the knees, or he just put his no, finger he, on No, he just did it with his with his. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you, that's that's a pretty good sign. But when it gets to that point where he can't he or she can't feel a pulse. Yeah, that's bad. And what I always tell people, it's always better to find out early. Why is that? Hmm. Because, for example, I found out I had a 25, 40 percent blockage in my left anterior descending coronary artery. I mean, I had a hunk of fat in my artery wasn't that bad it's almost gone so what i did was prevent a heart attack so your symptoms even though they're mild Mm -hmm. in my opinion if i had a patient like you i'd want to know because if you find out early there are interventions that can prevent it from going on to something bad so I'm not saying your doctor was wrong. He or she may know, may know knows more about you than I do, but I'm just telling you my approach uh, in a patient similar to you mm-hmm. would be to find out the diagnosis and then okay. go from there. 
Okay. So Chris, that's thank what I'll you. I'll do then. I, my, my next uh, appointment is in a week, in a month or two. Okay. So yeah. I'll just ask him to, you know, uh, refer me to a neurologist. You got it. All right. Take care, Chris. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Stay up you. with us. Call us back. Yeah. Appreciate let us know. Let us, yeah, as we go on here. Sure. Let us know what uh, what happens because uh, we found out some great things. You know, we talk about the differential diagnosis. What does that mean? Yeah. That means it could be this, it could be that, it could be this, it yeah. could be that. These are the tests you do. You know, I, I, it's not that different from an auto mechanic, okay? The only difference is <laughs> uh, when my engine dies, that's a bad thing. It is a bad thing. But think yeah. about it. You go to the car place. Yeah. And you say, well, when I drive, the right front wheel wobbles <laughs> a little, and I hear this noise in the engine, and I can't quite describe it. So what does the, the car, auto mechanic do? He says, it could be the muffler, it could be this, it could be that. Yeah. And I'm going to take my plug and stick it in that knot, that thing, you know, and the computer's going to say, check this, check that. Yeah. I'm going to check this and check that. I'm going to find the problem. I'm going to solve it. Right. And so, you know, that's why they taught me all that stuff in college and med school. That's why you went to med school. It's called problem solving. Sure. Sure. So do I remember? I mean, I had to know, like, it was called origin. Yeah. An insertion of muscles. Oh. So the... Uh, houses, longest, whatever, uh, mongus, origin insertion. You know how much I remember that? No. Zero. Yeah. Well. Zero. But you know, for instance, there are a series of things that can be. Yeah. And you check for. The worst thing The worst first. thing. Right. You make sure that and the person's not going to die. never assume. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you how many times I've had people and, and come in. And yeah. they say, I got, re- I got acid reflux I need a medicine for. Yeah. Whoa, hold on. Describe your symptoms. Well, I got acid reflux. No, 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 no. Tell me what happened. Well, you know, I get this burning in my chest. And I say, when does it happen? Tell me the last time it happened. Well, I was climbing a ladder. Ah, yeah. And has it happened before? Yeah. yeah. And so, hint, don't tell your doctor a diagnosis. When you go in. Give them symptoms. Right. If you tell them a diagnosis, that's what's going to, you know, you're going to get treated for that. Yeah. And it may not be it. Phil in Raleigh, welcome to the radio program. How you doing, Phil? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Good. What's uh, going on? I, I have a, a, a shout out. Yes. Great. To the U.S. government. Oh. All right. Yes. I received an email through Medicare that I could get free in-home COVID test kits. Yeah. Yes. Four per household. That's great. Right. And the U.S. Postal Service tracked it, and it took about seven weeks. <laughs> okay? Yes. Yes. That in Houston, Texas, for two weeks, uh, and they kept saying that I would get delivery the next day. Well, they sat in Houston for two weeks. Well... Yes. I got another email, and it said we're still overstocked. Oh, yeah. And you can get four more. Wow. Oh, yeah. So I ordered four more. Yeah. And here's the kicker. Guess where they're made? I'll give you one guess. Oh, yes, I know. What's that? China. Oh. The COVID test for the virus that originated in Hunan, China. No matter Wuhan. whatever. Huh? Hunan is a type Hunan, of food. Hunan. Wuhan. Wuhan. 
Hunan, China, the test for it was made in China, and the yeah. U.S. government's passing them out. Yeah, and, you know, they make them here. That is correct. They make them here, dude. You know, it's interesting. I, I was doing a lot of rapid tests. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, rapid test, rapid test. So I get them from McKesson. And we've got about six boxes. And they, they were extremely accurate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The rapid test measures the antigen. That is the protein that's in the nose. The PCR measures whether there's DNA and RNA, RNA I'm sorry, in uh-huh. the nose. But anyway, they're very accurate for very different things. And I got a bill for $6,000 for Good like Lord. four or five boxes of these things. Wow. So, you know, consider yourself lucky even if it takes you a while. Now, the test's performance is extremely important in terms of it being done correctly yeah. to get the right answer. Um, and I, I hope the instructions aren't in Chinese. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, no. They're in English. Yeah. If Phil, they're in Chinese, you're out of luck. Even Phil, though I'm half I'm half Chinese, I don't know how to read a no word. Idea. Oh, no. excuse me, a character you in Chinese. Yeah. Phil, thank you very much. Take a deep breath and thank just you. just God, accept God the fact. God bless Phil and God bless America. As Phil, Phil will understand, we are in the best of hands, Phil. We really are. We really are. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Telephone number 919-860-9783. We're going to talk about llama antibodies. Llama antibodies may help design treatments for Parkinson's. But you can only use the antibodies of the llama Yeah. if you're in your pajamas. Llama, llama, red pajama. Great book. All right. This is Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio Network. You know you make me wanna kick my heels up and down, my hands up and This down. is Heart Health Radio. We are shouting out Dr. Theodore Pappas. Who is that? Duke University Department of Surgery. Yeah. All right. Have you ever heard the term, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail? Yes. Okay. So what do surgeons do? They surge. They surge. Yes. And appendectomy. Probably, you know, was one of the, is a very common surgery. It, yeah. It's a... You know, bread and butter general surgery. Sure. They used to take out gallbladders by making a big slice. Right. And, you know, and stuff. And appendectomies, you know, um, now they're doing those uh, laparoscopically, but sometimes you need to cut open. So this is what they do. And I think the shout out is that Dr. Pappas did a study mm-hmm. uh, and eliminated the need for surgery in a lot of cases. With antibiotics. So an appendicitis is an infection, inflammation of this little teeny weeny, and some people it's very big, uh, outpouching yeah. uh, in the small intestine junction to the large intestine. Yeah. And so they would cut you open and take it out when it got sick. Well, he did a study, and you do some tests, and if it's not a complicated situation and, you know, you can be observed, etc., 70% of the time you can give antibiotics. So that would be like, you know, Dave saying, yes. well, you know, I have a radio show. Right. But instead of listening to the radio, 70% of the time you'll get the same information by, you know, reading tea leaves. Uh, <laughs> and so we recommend in certain cases you just read tea leaves. Now, I'm being facetious. Yeah. But what I'm saying, what a great thing it is and why, you know, an academic medical center like Duke is so great is that the surgeons will study things right that will eliminate 
some of the things they do. Isn't that great? That's good. No, it's I good mean, for us. You don't necessarily always have to do surgery on on something. Right. Right. And surgery has its own risks yeah. always. When I was at Johns Hopkins and I was doing surgery, there was a guy named Mike Sarr who is, uh, maybe he's retired, I don't know. He went to the Mayo Clinic and became a very famous surgeon. But he was chief resident on the chief resident service. So it was people who didn't have assigned physicians. Yeah. And he would always say, a chance to cut is a chance to cure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, now Dr. Pappas is saying... You may not need the cut to get cured. Right. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Tanya in Clayton on Heart Health Radio. Hi, Tanya. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, If you don't mind, I'd like to kind of backtrack and talk about peripheral neuropathy. Sure. A little bit since the subject came up earlier. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd like to know your opinion about what I should do, if anything. I do have peripheral neuropathy. Um, I've got it, oh gosh, in my hands, uh, in my feet. There are areas of numbness that exist uh, all up my arms, all up my legs. It's affecting my balance a little bit now. Oh, yeah, that I can happen. At least, yeah, I don't feel as sure footed as I used to. Now, granted, I am a woman of a certain age. A certain age. I, I won't disclose. A certain age. She's yeah. vague yeah. enough to tell yeah, us. You sound young yeah. and young and I, otherwise yeah. healthy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to disclose exactly. That's Good okay. For you. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I realize things can change as we get older, but uh, I have had a problem with one nerve, and it. Um, I guess a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, I would just periodically, out of the blue, out of nowhere, would have this shocking, searing pain that would emanate from my heel up the side of my leg, not completely laterally and not the back, but somewhere in between, like about where the sural nerve would be, yeah. would run up my leg, up through my knee, again, just kind of laterally, and spread up and I could feel it branch out in my thigh uh-huh. and it was it was a horrible enough pain to make me scream and grab my leg and fall to the floor absolutely I mean, honestly it was excruciating in a way I've never experienced before and my biggest fear is that it would hit me while I was behind the wheel because absolutely I would lose control of the car and um so I, I saw a neurologist. Yeah. They did the EMG. Uh-huh. They did the nerve conduction. They did determine, well, yes, you have peripheral neuropathy. There's only 100, literally 100 things that can cause it. And um, we are, we can't, we can't pinpoint it to one certain thing. So we're just going to call it idiopathic and I can give you drugs. Okay. So you it's don't have diabetes and autoimmune. No. It just is there. I just had my physical this week. The labs came in. They, they tested for everything under the sun and I'm completely normal. Okay. Glucose, everything. I'm not overweight. I'm not diabetic. My labs are perfect. Yeah. Um, and so my, I, I went to see, I went to, to get another opinion and I went to Duke in Raleigh, and yeah. saw a neurologist there. Great. She imaged, she, I've been through four MRIs. Um, the last one was at Duke in Durham, where they have the machine that can image your nerves. Yeah. And 
Um, so they looked specifically at the sural nerve. Right. And I had told her, I said, you know, I've looked at images on the Internet to try and figure out on my own, what nerve is this? Yeah. Because I can feel it really is isolated to one nerve. Yeah. And um, A mononeuropathy, nerve, it's called. Mononeuropathy, one right. nerve. Yeah. Yes, yes. So anyway, so they tried imaging that one nerve all the way up through my knee. Cannot find anything organically wrong with it. Wow. It's not impinged. It's not diseased. Uh, I, they, no one can really tell me why. Okay, so, so Tanya is asking, I'm guessing here, what's her next step? Well, yeah. Have they do? talked about a biopsy of the nerve? No. Well, that, and again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you need this. Um, okay. But sometimes what they'll do is they'll, they'll take a little chunk out of the nerve and look at it under a microscope and okay. stain it with certain things. Now, it may not be applicable in your case. I am not a neurologist. Um, uh-huh. It's one of the things that I know a little bit about a lot. But I've had several patients have nerve biopsies, and that did help in the diagnosis. What, what do they have you on? Lyrica, gabapentin? What are they? It's, it's, um, it's time-release gabapentin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, gabapentin yeah. is a seizure medication, right? That um, helps to calm nerves down. Is it working well, or it it's doesn't? It's working. It is working. Good. I, I, I guess I'm just my concern is long-term effects over yeah. a lifetime. Yeah. And I sure the heck would like to know why. Yeah. You know, I mean, what is wrong, and if there is there any other way of fixing it yeah. um, that wouldn't leave me um, impaired with my mobility because we messed with a nerve. Yeah. Well, you know? idiopathic is a bad, well, not a bad, but it's a disappointing diagnosis. And what that means is your um, illness or disease is being caused by something we don't understand yet. And so the good news is a lot of idiopathic syndromes have become understood and uh, therefore treated well. Um, I tell you, there's lots of different medications that they have left in their armamentarium in case the gabapentin stops working. But again, if you want to mention, hey, I heard this crazy doctor on the radio said that some people will benefit from a biopsy. Am I one of those? Instead of, Dr. Weefold said you should have done a biopsy because that's not, oh my God, I've had that happen a couple times where I've had a doctor call me up and they said, you know, don't tell your patients what they need. And I didn't. And I luckily was able to send uh, that person a copy of the show. So what I'm really trying to say is just ask. Say, hey, I heard that some people benefit from having a biopsy. Am I one of those people? And if they say no, then that means they know more than I do. Okay. Good luck, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you. Stay God bless in touch. You. Stay in touch. Carlton from Texas. How you doing, Carl? Oh, he's gone. He's gone. You know who he is? Yes. Uh, Carlton Brock's is daddy. Brock's dad. Yeah. Brock's and, daddy. and sometimes I wish my, he listens I wish my daddy could call. I know. I let me, let me tell you about my dad. Yeah. Okay. You go ahead. If you get a bent spine, okay, your spine starts to bend sure. over. Don't ignore it. Do get it fixed, get it seen right away. And he had extremely low testosterone. And believe it or not, men can get osteoporosis. Yes. And so his back became a 90 degree curve. Okay. And he got bronchitis when he was uh, almost 90. And it turned into pneumonia. 
because he couldn't expand his lungs because his oh. back was so bent over. Right. And he died. Um, I was with him, and it was a beautiful death. And, and people say, how can you say that? Well, we're all going to die. Sure. And a beautiful death is when your family's there, and you know it's coming, yeah. and you can say goodbye, and you can show the love. And so, you know, but if we had gotten, if I had been around to get his spine looked at and do something, to, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Catch it early. Don't just say, oh, well, you know, I hunch over. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and, and just remember that your doctors can help. And you got to push, though. Say, why is my dad's back bending over? Right. Is he osteoporotic? Is, you know, does he have weak bones? Can we fix that? Is there a brace? Yeah. Whatever. And I wish my dad could call. I miss my dad. I know. I miss my dad, too. Yeah. I, you know, my my dad passed away in his favorite chair with a cup of coffee after having eaten a donut, which he wasn't supposed to eat. Oh, come on. It was, a, it was a contraband donut. He ate the donut and then had a what they call a massive heart attack. Well, you know what? It he was went, enough. To, he right? went happy. That's and exactly I tell you, right. I hope I can go happy. Right. He went av- months after telling me that he was proud of all of his kids. Yeah. If you can do that at the end, that's good. Listen, this is Heart Health Radio. That's our time. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.